There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with JB, Mike Molina, Andy Brad Bernard, and Ralph Tavashman, MD, the Hackmaster. I still can't believe Catherine just bailed on it. Mm-hmm. Typical. 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 That's all I have to say. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business that started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. the name of the group, Ralph. You should know no, this. No, I don't. You don't? Oh, Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. Very good. Boom. Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. Very good. There are so many nobody bands from that era. Sam the Sham used to wear a turban. <laughs> he did. He wore I a don't, turban. I don't think that would play these days. Uh, no. Probably not. Well, play, was play he like Arab? I have no idea. Maybe uh, tur- what, turbans maybe aren't necessarily Arab. Well, you, you know, know there's India, a, they wear in India they wear turbans. That's Hindu. Um, Hindu. You know, he were. was Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> he was what? So he was Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> Sam the Sham, a Mexican with a, with a turban. His real name was Domingo Samudio. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love rock and roll. It, it draws the weirdest bastards on earth, doesn't it? And the yeah. characters, and, and, and the characters they create are these weird people creating these weird characters. Oh God, yes. It's just what is wrong with you? Every bit as good as professional wrestling. The characters yes. in professional wrestling. I, you're right. 
Well, how about Arthur Brown when he came on the Ed Sullivan show and lit his head on fire? <laughs> he comes down from the ceiling with his head on fire. He was wearing a special helmet so he didn't get hurt, but I don't think anybody knew that. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you... Comes down from this. Oh, I don't. I didn't realize that they did that. Man. Yeah. That's an old his head on fire. I saw that in a movie once. These these modern day pirates. Some guy had this hat or some helmet, and he had this this uh, like felt top to it. He would soak that in pitch, and before they would board a ship, he'd light his head on fire. Oh my God. Can you imagine the terror? See, someone, someone somebody like with that? your head on fire coming at you with a knife. Wow. Yeah, that'd be a thrill. Well, I was. On Facebook and barbershop, some in some foreign land like Sri Lanka, or oh, foreign land, and they the barbershop and they were doing a haircut, and then all of a sudden they lit the guy's hair on fire, and they kept combing and brushing it as the hair was on fire, and I was like, "What is going on here?" And they, and and they explained this is how they got rid of the split ends, setting them on fire. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm good. <laughs> With all these chemicals and stuff in his, I'm good his to hair, go. and the guys like brushing and combing, and and you know the the person that's getting the haircut is just sitting there, and I got I said that can't be comfortable. I wouldn't think so. All right, JB, I have to ask you a question that mm-hmm. came up uh, last couple of days. Uh-oh. Well, yesterday, pretty much. Uh, no, I guess it's been the last couple of days. There's a the AP now says that uh, Christians are the most racist religion on earth. <laughs> now, are, are we back to that again? We're back to that again. But here's the problem that I have with that whole argument. When we looked around, 80% of the people in Africa are Christian. 90% of the people in South America are Christian. Uh, the numbers are just overwhelming throughout Western Europe, through the United States, through Canada, all the rest of it. From what we could tell, Christianity is the most diverse religion on earth. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't most of your, as they say, brown people in this country? Um, they're Christians. Yeah, they're yeah, Christians. Mostly they're, Catholic. They're either Catholics or Baptists. Yep. But that's still a form of Christianity. It is a form of Christianity. So it's, I don't know who came up with that idea. It's the most, it's the most racist uh, religion on earth. But it's the, by far the most diverse religion on earth. I don't get it. Now, there, there, is, there is always some belief that Christianity was forced on well, yeah, people uh, but, uh, at, at one time. But. It was forced on me. Well, yeah, me too. <laughs> so there you go. You know. But other religions do the same thing. Right. Hindu, I mean, they, they, there's there's accusations that the Hindus are trying to uh, force their religion on Muslims in India. See? You know, God knows that the Buddhists don't like the Rohingya Muslim in Myanmar. So, you know, the, this is, yeah, evangelism is all part of well, what happened in Japan. Japan was, they were, I don't know if they were forcing their religion, but they certainly believed in the, the Shintoism, and during war, that's what drove World War II. So... Uh, no, this, this. In fact, the Underground Railroad was run by the United Church of Christ. Exactly. That was that. Was that, that was their deal. That was their whole deal. So tell them to calm down. Yeah, I don't know why. Why they? What is with the overreaction that that is so prevalent in America these days? Everything has to be reacted to and overly reacted to. Oh, we got to go way on the other. Why? What is causing that? Because it sells. Because it sells, that's mm-hmm. it. It's all about money. Yeah, I mean that views or uh, people watching the news or this, that, and the other. It's all about reaction now. It's not about inf- informing the public, which no, news used to do. Yeah, it's about how do we get people to look in and react, and so they tune in tomorrow to be horrified or be made happy, or so we can sell more commercials. Right to the drug company. Right. The drug Sell more pills. Yeah. Sell more pills. An unruly passenger on a flight from Miami to Chicago never made it off the ground before he was tased ten times <laughs> and removed from the plane, police say. According to a police report, 28-year-old Jacob Garcia was initially moved to a different seat on the American Airlines flight after a female passenger accused him of groping her. Police say they uh, were called after Garcia started screaming insults at the woman and her boyfriend, the Miami Herald reports. 
All passengers were told to leave the plane, but Garcia refused to exit the aircraft and wrapped his legs around a seat, yelling at officers to, quote, try it and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) He he was just being really argumentative, kind of combative with everyone. Passenger Caitlin Water tells CBS uh, Miami. Police say that during the struggle, which was captured on video, an officer discharged his taser, which cycled ten times due to Mr. Garcia's actions and the close quarters of the engagement. Police say that after they carried Garcia off the plane, still yelling, he went limp to make himself harder to move and then grabbed the gun of an officer who slapped his hand away. The flight to Chicago took off an hour late without Garcia, who was booked on charges including battery, disorderly conduct, and resisting an officer. Tased ten times. (laughs) That that old move of going limp. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when your kids were young and they would go limp on you. T.J. Miller said that. He said that's his wife would do. He gets drunk, she goes limp. She goes limp on 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 him on purpose. (laughs) So she's hard to get around. You know, did, you, did you see her picture? Were you the one who showed me your picture? Yeah, I was sitting here because I had to see how, if, if she had the crazy eyes or Oh, not. she looks like she'd punch you. Right. And she that's doesn't a, look like she'd punch you. It, it, She's an attractive woman. Very but, attractive. Very. Yeah. There's, most of her photos make her look like the girl next door and whatnot. Yep. But every once in a while, you would get a photo that looked... <laughs> that, she had that, that look, look in her, her eyes. eyes like, oh, yeah, she'd hit, hit somebody. You're 100% right. She had that look in her eyes, all we can say the, about she it. She had the uppercut ready. Right. The uppercut ready. TJ yeah. said she's given him a black eye before. Yeah, well, how, how, how high was this guy to be tased 10 times? Oh, I know. I was going to say, how can a body stand being hit 10 times? Boy, well, it's, it's, not, it's not a threatening edge. It hurts. It just, right. It's just so uncomfortable. It's like you know, touching an electric fence. You touch it once, you go, man, I would do that again. It just it seems to go all through you. And supposedly the more muscle mass you have, the more more it hurts. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because it's, it's, what, it's causing a sort of a muscle contracture all over your body. And you're just like, oh, oh that hurts. Oh, that hurts. I'm very glad I've never been tased. <laughs> but they were carrying him off. Uh, the <laughs> tenth time seemed to, to take the edge off. <laughs> yeah, kind of took the but, edge. You're right. But he must have been high as a kite. I'm, something. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. No, I've never gotten hammered on an airplane on a flight, so I don't know what yeah, that's right. like. What? <laughs> yeah, but you never, you didn't go groping women. I no. did not go groping women. You're absolutely right. I did press one over my head, though, and was told by the pilot to put her down or the <laughs> FBI would arrest me. But she asked me to do it. Oh. Was this a trip to Vegas? It was a, No, it was a trip to, uh, to the PGA show in Orlando with Hawk and Animal. Oh. It was a bunch of professional wrestlers, <laughs> professional football players, and me. Boy, so, that must have been one hell of a flight. Oh my God! It was. It was honestly. It was unbelievable. I do remember one because I was lit up like a Christmas. This was thirty years ago, probably. And there was a guy when the pilot came back said, "Put her down, or I will have you arrested when we land." Because she said, "There's no way you could press me over here." And I said, "Yes, I could in a heartbeat." So. Well, I did it, and the pilot came and said, put her down or I'll have you arrested, and blah, blah. So I sit down, and this kid in front of me turns around in his seat, kneels, and he's looking right at me. He goes, looks like you got in some trouble, huh? I said, why don't you shut up, kid? He goes, hey, you better watch what you say to me. I've got my bodyguard with me. And I said, where's your bodyguard? And he points to the guy next to him, and I said, Kid, you better get a lot bigger bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> but it was all just in good fun. You know, nobody was threatening anybody. But I tell you, those trips where I used to take with those guys, oh, man. But there was that one point, you could always feel it, it's time to go <laughs> home. <laughs> it's time. Yeah, I've, right. I've been in those situations where it's all of a sudden you just, you just know, and it's like. Oh, yeah, you do. You could feel it. Being around college football players, and all of a yep. sudden you just get that, well, I think, oh, hey, guys, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> it feels like it's time <laughs> to go home. <laughs> no, it's you're 100% right about that. There'll be the, – The craziness factor just keeps going up. It does. A step, up a step, up a step, and then all of a sudden somebody throws in a little estrogen, and which – Raises the guys' hormones because they need to. They get that rush. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I'm out the door. 
you know, that's that when if you're at a party and you know that people have been drinking and uh, you know the time, one of the times to leave is uh, hey let's all get in the hot tub that's right before time, you that's it that, time to go that's, you, that's before you get in that hot tub because there's only two things that are going to happen in the hot tub either a fist fight or someone's going to throw up mm-hmm. so that's, yeah, uh, I, the only I, the only hot tub I've ever been in in my <laughs> life was my own thank you we bought one I have no interest in going to a hotel hot tub. Nope. None at all. There's a there's a story the the late Dick Matson, the former university equipment manager, used to tell. And he was in there with hot tub with um, some of his. I for some reason I wasn't there. Thankfully, uh, student workers, cheerleaders, and somehow the the tub drain got clogged with somebody's panties, and it's like. Yeah, thankfully I wasn't there because I don't even want to know how that got to that point. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there you go. That's that, that's why I said that's why I say that's when you want to leave, regardless mm-hmm. of what you think is going to be going on in that hot tub. Time to leave because it's not going to turn out well. It never the hot tub never turns out well after the party. Never. Oh, got panties got. Well, you know. Yeah. No thanks. The insinuation of that. Mm-hmm. Can't believe it. Thank God something else didn't get stuck in there. Like a little I know. girl. Jeez. Hey, Andy, what's my title here? I have no idea. Neither do I. Host, I guess. No, it's the um, the owner. On-air yeah. talent? No, it's the, they want to know the ownership part of it. I guess that would be you, then. And it says acknowledged and agreed, and then it says you, signature printed name. So I signature printed name. What do they mean by you? Maybe you should talk to Mom about this. Oh, Tom Bernard Podcast, I bet you it is. Yeah. Yeah, but okay. Talk amongst yourselves. No, don't, yeah. <laughs> That's great. To say. Talk okay. amongst yourselves. I'm doing I this agreement shocked. with Apple Incorporated, and I just have to make sure that it's done. Got properly. a few pages to sign. I mean, we are going to break in two minutes. Well, so well, well. As we can, we can delve into the hot tub business a little bit. What's what's in the foam in that center? Of that you know, swirling. There's always a foam there. Uh, yeah. You know. Most of the time, there's a Band-Aid in there somewhere, Band-Aid too. Band-Aid or a, a, a Band-Aid <laughs> yeah. in a butt. People are gross. There's usually a butt in there, too. <laughs> a so cigarette butt. Why would you get... You have a Band-Aid on. Why are you in here? Yeah, really. You got some open wound. You don't go into a public water body. It's not a good idea. Yeah, but, well, they always have an open wound. That's the problem. It's like I can't even think of the last time I had just like some wound on me. I don't know how people get... Damaged so often. Oh, but you get a blister, you know, an open blister, and you get in there to, you know, oh, oh, man, I yeah. just, I just hate it. I just hate those things, you know, oh, oh, they're always nasty. And you step in, there's something hard on the bottom of the <laughs> You step in, or there's something hard down there. But also, people who do just not practice common procedure, like taking a shower before you get in the hot tub. Yeah, it's not a bad plan. Why wearing would you do, a swimsuit. Why would, you, that? Why, why would you do that? Why would you take a shower? You no, no, no. Like, you know, when, I, no, when you're at a gym, though. Like, oh. if you go to the health club or gym, it says to take a shower. Yeah, right. Yeah, even at the pool at my condo, it's, yeah. we have a shower. Yeah, there's a shower right to, there. supposed to go into the shower before you go in the pool unless you like. Like the couple of times that I've gotten into our pool, it's like I'll take the shower in my own unit and then walk down to the pool. So you want me to take a shower so I smell like a wet dog before I get in the pool? <laughs> yeah, because you're a wet dog, white person. I love that. I just love that. I'll we, never forget that. I'm going to be self-conscious forever now. We'll be right back to Bernard's show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. My pillow is offering more than 50% off his four pack special which includes two premium my pillows and two go anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first my pillow. If you already know how great the my pillow is, 
Why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. It's the chlorine in the hot tub. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also the burning bodies on the airplane. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's the problem. I was going to say, it's like, what the hell are this? just kidding. His airplane crashed and oh, killed yeah, half right. the band. Right. Uh, um, what? Inspiration for the song was the increasing reckless indulgences of the band culminating the evening. Yeah, when he, Gary got drunk and high and survived the crash of his new Ford Totino into Torino into a tree, not the yeah. plane crash. Well, not the plane crash. It was a car accident. It was about, yeah, Gary crashed his Torino into a tree. Good God. And then sang about, you know, the burning gasoline and such. Grow up, boys. He probably didn't. Well, no, no he's, he's still alive. No, he's the only remaining original member. He's, he's still alive, so, I mean, he has to have grown up if he's 66 and he's not dead yet. So their plane crash, was it because of the drugs they were doing I don't on know. the plane? I don't know, but the thing burst into flames. I do yeah. know that. Skinner, that wasn't good. I will know. Well, Andy's in looking it up. A I, moment. I thought that I just saw Sam the Sham up on my screen, but it turned out to be Osama bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> never mind. It was not Sam the Sham, but it looks a lot like Sam the Sham. He had the beard and the turban. And it's so, not bad for a Mexican. Yeah, not bad for. Yeah, a I was going to say, and they're both Mexican. <laughs> yeah, Osama bin Laden's Mexican too, isn't he? Uh, let's see, Mississippi plane crash, uh, Convair two forty out of Texas. Convair 240. There was the aircraft. It was 40 years ago last year. So. Yeah, 1977. God, it was 40 years ago already. Um, My God. Did during was... a failed emergency landing attempt. Oh, God. Two, three people died, but 20 people survived. So, you know, I guess all considered not as bad as it could have been. Yeah, but two of the guys were the, they were the two leaders of the band, yeah. weren't they? Uh, three yeah, members of the band. Sand, yeah. yeah, Ronnie Van Sant. Um, uh, oh, wow. It ran out of fuel. Oh, How do God. you mess up that badly? I think he dumped it. I think the pilot hit something that dumped the fuel. Dumped the fuel and then couldn't yep. land. Yep. I don't good. think there's a fuel dump button. Good plan. I think the pilot was just not good <laughs> was hired in the guy. <laughs> Maybe. Well, that was going to be my other question. Was the pilot... Could like be. them. Well, hi. Well, well. Because then my last private. question would have been was it one of them flying the plane? Uh, oh, well, yeah. In, in 1977, Aerosmith, their, their flight crew inspected the plane, but then said, This plane's broken. We're not flying on it. Oh, so, God. So they got on a broken airplane? So I guess, uh, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to do that. And think about that. If if Steven Tyler back in the seventies when he's high and <laughs> yeah. everything with Joey or Joe Perry, if they're not going to be on that plane, you should not be on yeah, that plane. Yeah, you shouldn't be on the plane. Apparently, the pilots were sharing a bottle of Jack Daniels while inspecting the plane. <laughs> okay. So. But other than that, that's no good. So basically, just yeah, real incompetency. Did the pilots get killed? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. The pilots both died. The pilots, yeah, are pretty much always doomed. Yeah, they are. They're kind of right there to take the first hit. There's no question about it. But, yeah, they just, uh, it looks like they just took off with not enough fuel or something. Oh, God. We forgot to fuel up before we took <laughs> we, off. We fueled up, but we didn't fuel the plane up. Yeah, we didn't fuel the plane up. All fuel dump valves were closed. No mechanical discrepancies were found. They just didn't fuel it up. They didn't fuel up the airplane. And that is why, if I was in the 70s, I would never fly private. Oh, God. Well, Because hey, that kind of thing happened all the time. Well, nineteen in the early 80s, uh, Ricky Nelson's plane caught on fire. That was a DC-3, I think. Yeah, for some reason, back then, pilots just didn't care Wasn't there a lot. Wasn't there a question of freebasing in that plane? Yeah, yeah, that, that was, yeah they were freebasing. Well, yeah, drugs were often a component. The pilots would all be on cocaine or something because they were uh, 
flying such long hours. And then, you know, cocaine makes you feel like you don't need sleep, but you still need sleep. Is it so. Buddy Holly's airplane they think crashed because somebody shot a pistol off in the airplane? Um, that one? I think that was a, either a hoax or a different airplane. Uh, no, wait, that was... What was the wrestler who like opened the door <laughs> no that yeah. mad dog mad Rashad. Rashad. <laughs> didn't he, he open the door didn't he have a pistol i believe so but he also grabbed everybody's gym bags and started throwing them out the door <laughs> i wonder how many people got killed when those landed yeah when they hit him in the head when they landed <laughs> Man. luckily they didn't hit anybody let's see uh, buddy holly uh Richie Valens, yeah, Buddy that Richie Holly, Valens. Big I think they just hit bad weather. Well, how, how, yeah. how many? How much talent has been lost as a result of drug usage? Yeah. Oh God. Half of it. Oh God. It's that number's got to be huge. I mean, incredibly talented uh, people, both in creative side and performing side, that we've lost. You know, maybe we shouldn't do drugs. Just a thought. Oh, maybe we cut back a little bit. Take it, you know, take the edge off uh, using so many drugs. Well, it's definitely gone down. I think people eventually realized, hey, all these people are dying. Yeah. Well, I think one of the one of the things we witnessed here last week with TJ was the dehumanization of people who get famous. You're not looked at as a person any longer. Yeah. Oh, you're here yeah. like a you're like a little dancing marionette yeah, right. just to. You, you know, yeah. well, I heard we, when Ashley was on The Young and the Restless, yeah. say you kind of see that people would yep. see her yep. and really refer to her mm-hmm. as a character, right? Which was the most bizarre. I thought to myself, this is terrible. What? what? You don't, you realize she's not, that's not who she is. She oh, just, no, I know. it's a fascinating you, thing that people, you would hear stories back in the eight, 70s and 80s of soap opera actors and actresses being attacked by people because people would be so upset. Oh, yeah. How, how could you cheat on such oh, and yeah. such? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The other? I was actually just talking about that a few days ago. It's people, like, in movies. Right. Like, they'd be a villain in a movie, then people would, like, they'd be upset at the uh, the uh, character's behavior as if they were the... It's, I don't know. It's just such a disconnect from reality. Well, it is, and that's the whole thing. By the way, the problem with Buddy Holly's flight was, well, for one, the pilot was uh, certified only to operate under visual flight, which means he had to see where he was going. (laughs) And then he flew into a storm, so he couldn't see. He couldn't see see where he was going. So he tried to navigate via the uh, artificial horizon, a.k.a. what shows, like, how pitched up or down your plane is. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is, this old plane had a gyroscope, which operates the opposite way. Oh, so God! He thought he was climbing, but he was actually descending, and there you go. Oh. How so, could you not feel that you were, I suppose, at any pilots pressure? Pilots can get really disoriented yeah, if they yeah, don't know what so. they're in. There's a lot of uh, cases where pilots are told, trust your instruments, not your feelings, because pilots often... They'll feel like they're falling when in actuality they're rising, and they just have to ignore that feeling and trust their instruments. Good God. Yeah, for some reason, just something about planes. And a lot of times people will be like, oh, the instruments have to be wrong, and then they'll crash because the instruments aren't wrong. Well, that's what happened with uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. That's right. Yeah, he flew into bad weather. He was VFR. Plus inexperienced. Yeah, I mean to be flying solo. Well, yeah, that doesn't help. I don't understand it. I'll never understand why you'd want to do that. I'll fly it. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, one at one time the was it the fifth or sixth leading cause of death among physicians was private plane crashes. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were you know, and, and a physician they have this giant ego. I can do this. Oh, yeah. I, I I know I have VFR, but I can figure this out. Yeah, how hard this can how hard can this be? I fly it all the time. Right. You know, and they'll they'll do some impossible thing. They'll take off when there's bad weather, fly into a situation where they they shouldn't be in, boom, dead. That, that quick. True? The guy that started Chi Chi's restaurants. Is it true that he, he, he was trying to land his plane and he hit a bunch of power lines and flipped the plane upside down? Zap. Well, let's see. Whoa. Chi-Chi's was made by... 
It was founded in Richfield, Minnesota. Yeah, Richfield, yeah. Minnesota, yeah. I miss Chi-Chi's, by the way. Chi-Chi's was good. Yeah. There's no more Chi-Chi's? Oh, no, wow, no. they went to function in 2004. Yeah. I had no idea. Up well, in smoke, 2004. The guy's name was Marno McDermott. Marno McDermott? Yes. And he got killed in a plane crash? Um, let's see. There's very little information about him out there. Really? Um, Chi-Chi's had the best seafood... Um, uh, not burrito. It's when you take a burrito and you deep fry it. What? Enchilada? A tostada? And, oh. And, yeah. An enchilada? No, it's not enchilada. That's it's a uh, chimichanga. That's oh, what. the chimichanga. Yeah. There Seafood you go. Chi- chimichanga. That was great. We had great stuff. We had Chi-Chi's. We had Garcia's of Scottsdale. That was really good. I don't recall that one. That was only around a short time. I think it's where the old, I don't know. I don't remember what that So there's no, there's no sit-down Mexican places anymore. Oh, you got to come to my neighborhood, Boca Chica. Yeah, Boca no, Chica no, is really cha- good. I'm sorry, Chains. Oh, okay. Chains. This Teresa's, is, is that a chain? Nah, it's local. they got yeah. three of them, I think. Yeah, you um, won't believe it. They're setting up for a week from Saturday already in my neighborhood. All are the they? Streets are, yeah, because Cinco de Mayo is on a Saturday this oh, year. Like, oh, nuts. no. Uh-oh. Yeah, when it falls yeah. on a Saturday, oh, it's... Go right off the deep end <laughs> next, next week from Saturday, it's man. It's crazy because it's not even the Independence Day back in Mexico. No, it's, it's not. It's nothing. It's just a battle. They yeah, beat the nothing. French. They beat you guys. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh! I'm coming across the table. I'm coming across the table. <laughs> Mike. Yeah, it's basically like the Battle of the Alamo kind of yeah, thing. The Battle which of Puebla. We don't make a big deal about, but their Battle of Puebla, which, yeah, like he said, it wasn't even oh. like about Mexican independence. No, that's it was in just, September. Yeah, I don't know. It's very strange. But then again... Look at Americans in St. Patrick's Day, which is just some nothing holiday in Europe. <laughs> what? what the? What's it's going true. on here? Mike, yeah. Mike, how can you tolerate this? How can you tolerate this? <laughs> well, I'm not this? a Mick. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were, well, Mike, I thought you were uh, Irish for the longest time. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, Molina. Very Irish sounding. Well, yeah. So what, what day was what day was St. Patrick's Day this year? What Saturday. day of the week? It was Saturday. Saturday. Oh, the DUIs are crazy this year. <laughs> yeah, so 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 the, the whole thing is is that you know they synchronize. They're all yeah. on the yep. same day. Yeah, it was true. There was a black comic. He was talking about us losing Black History Month because there's more and more Hispanic people in the country. He said we're gonna all of a sudden we're gonna have back Black History uh, Day. Like Cinco de Mayo. Black History Hour will be noon to one. Well, in the past hundred years, the black population has stayed at 11%. It has, yeah. It has uh, not changed. But the Hispanic population went from like zero to I think it's like 30 now. So, right. yeah. Hispanic population is going 30%? way up. Hispanic? It's, it's something super high. It is like 30%. Let me just put it this way. Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs would be huge. (laughs) Okay, they'd be a big band. That's all I have to say to you. And Los Lobos. Well, I I gave you the demos for Miami. Were you here when I was talking about the demos for the Miami Metro? Yeah, I think, what were they? uh, 60, wait a minute, no. I got to get this right. 70% Spanish, 20% black, and 10% white in the Miami Metropolitan. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a bitch to get ratings with a classic rock station in that market. That's, <laughs> right. That's going to be tough. Yeah. At, w- at one time in Florida, the demographics were you were born poor Hispanic and died a rich Jew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose. There are 25 million people living in Florida now. 25 million. And I think California's up around 40 million now, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's just shy of that. Just yeah. shy of 40 million. Oh, wait, never mind. Well, 17% in 2012, so, so probably 20-ish now. 20% uh, 20 is Hispanic. 20% Hispanic. Yeah, but I think it's right. there are states that are almost more Hispanic than anything else. New Mexico is 47%. So is California. Yeah. So, California is more Spanish than it is white. Yeah. I have a question about that, and I'm not making judgments here because everything's, everything's a judgment and blah, blah, blah. I do not understand how Mexican immigrants vote Democrat. Mm, a lot of them are actually starting to uh, yes. get disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason I'm asking that question is because of the abortion issue. 
Yeah, yeah. that's a that's and that's Mexicans, very weird because they're so Catholic. Because they're very very Catholic, but there's the abortion issue. So most I've never people, understood that. Most people just care about getting free stuff. Well, you got to remember when Borat first ran for president. Borat. Obama, they literally struggled with voting for a. Uh, Black, Black man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They did. You're absolutely right about that. Half of Cuban voters voted for Trump. Oh, Cubans are, are much more conservative than Mexicans. Well, that's because much they lived more. under communism. And exactly. Tom, not you, happy about you made that. me look up something. What's that? And now I'm really struggling. What is it? My daughter is chosen, chosen to go to FAM, Florida. Uh, they call it FAM U. It's in Tallahassee, Florida. Oh, yeah. Okay. Your it's daughter a, that was here? Yeah. Well, wait a minute. We've got to take a break. We'll okay. come back and we'll talk about it. Right after this, Tom Bernard Show. <laughs> Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends, and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're going to want a flow dock. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. And get this, you can install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flo's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make, right down to Flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L dot com, Flow Docks and Lifts. A better way. I'm here with my real estate agent, Chris Lindahl. And after seeing what he did for me, I asked if he had something that would help our listeners. Chris, what do you got? We have something very special for KQ listeners. April 16th through the 18th, the Chris Lindahl team is hosting our SellerWorkshop.com series, where we're going to teach you how to net between thirty dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. And the best part is it's absolutely free. So that sounds great, Chris, but what's the catch? Tom, here's what I'll share with you. The number one core value at the Chris Lindahl team is to be generous. I have a teaching degree, and this is my passion to educate homeowners in the Twin Cities on how to sell your house the right way so you don't end up leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table going through the traditional real estate process. So go to SellerWorkshop.com for times and locations and to sign up for your free ticket. The Seller Workshops are happening April 16th through the 18th. Seating is limited, and trust me, they sell out fast. Visit SellerWorkshop.com or call 763-401-SOLD. JB's daughter is going to Florida, said, Florida A&M. Yeah, Florida A&M University. In They're, Tallahassee, Florida. Florida. Their official street address is 1601 South. Martin Luther King Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, some violence going on. <laughs> now I feel really comfortable yeah, with it. Really like kind of Martin Luther King Boulevard. Oh, that was man. an old Chris Rock bit. Martin Luther King. Hate it if he was still alive. Martin Luther King. Anywhere there's a Martin Luther King Boulevard, there's some violence going on. <laughs> That's uh, just Cesar Chavez Boulevard. Cesar Chavez. Well, and now you're in Molina territory there. That's right. Cesar Chavez Boulevard. That, uh, you know, when did they change that from, uh, well, I mean, they didn't change the entire street. It's just that one section of the street. It was by Concord, yeah. It's, well, it used to be Concord, Concord Street. Concord yeah. becomes Cesar Chavez Boulevard right there at the Lafayette Bridge. Yeah. Which, is it still called the Lafayette Bridge, or is that changed now, too? Well, I don't know. That I do not know. They, uh, the uh, Cesar Chavez, Chavez Boulevard in L.A., same thing. It's That's a rough, man, that's a rough place. Is it? Yep, south of USC. It all works out in the end. That's all I know. Is Karen ready to go? Uh-huh. Karen, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Marvelous. Is your last name pronounced Strawn? Strawn, yes. See, I just guessed because of Vaughn. That's why I guess it was Strawn, because of Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, no, the Scots never spell anything like it sounds. It's always got like a million extraneous letters. and. You know, it's weird because my, my last name is is Scott, but it's B-A-R-N-A-R-D, Barnard. It's a very simple name. I don't know how that happened. That's I don't know either, but you know the Scots pronounce lieutenant, lieutenant. Yeah. So, lieutenant, you know, yeah. who knows, who knows what's going on in their heads. So. <laughs> well, Bern, Bernard is 
the original name from Germany. From Germany, Burr yeah. means bear, or yeah, I guess it would be pronounced bear in German. My, but my name then actually it became Bar in Scotland. My name in in uh, Native American, Thomas means twin, obviously, and Barnard mm-hmm. means big bear. Yeah, so it carried over from Bernard, Barnard, big bear. Isn't huh. that something? Anyway, that is Karen anyway. Strong. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All jokes must clear the censors. Every guy checks himself a little. New York uh, comedy clubs adjust to hashtag Me Too. What's uh, what's this all about? Hashtag Me Too. Culture analyst Karen Strawn is a spokesperson for Men's Rights Edmonton and a contributor to a voiceformen.com. She's a prominent men's rights advocate who came to uh, public attention through her infamous YouTube channel titled Girl Rights What? She is a mother of several oh, children. Oh, that's you? I've heard of you before. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do a whole lot of uh, show prep, so... We don't do show prep. Show prep makes the, it very blocky and stagey. We don't yes. like show prep. There's no... Oh, yeah, prep. no. Organic is great. Organic is much, yeah. much better. It's the new thing. While yeah. the sexual scandals that engulfed comic legends Bill Cosby and Louis C.K., Got all the press. Hashtag Me Too is also having a real impact on grassroots stand-up at the New York clubs where much of the nation's comedy is honed. Karen, you're absolutely right. It's changed. We, we have had, uh, I also do a morning show in town, and we have had com- comedians on the show for 32 years now, or 33 years now. And mm-hmm. I did not know this, but before I started bringing comedians in to do the show, Louis Lee, who owns one of the great comedy clubs in America, Acme, comedy company in Minneapolis he told me that no one had ever done that before that they had never brought comedians in to do a show like that stand-up comedians and I just thought it was a natural and I never understood that at all why they didn't but um, I have seen it change quite a bit lately that that uh, you go see first of all you see some of these comedians now go to colleges, do college shows, which, uh-huh. Karen, i got to be honest with you, if I did stand-up, I would never play a college, not a chance. Oh, even Jerry Seinfeld won't, and Jerry Seinfeld is almost as tame as it gets. Yeah, it's very true. But you see people standing up during comedy shows and starting to scream at the comedians if they don't agree with what they're saying. It's a comedy show. What are we doing? Yeah, no, I, what, what's happening, what seems to be happening, uh, you know, and it's not happening so much among, like, really, really well-established comedians like Dave Chappelle and, right. and uh, Bill Burr and, and, and people like that um, in terms of uh, self-censorship. But what seems to be happening sort of among the up-and-comers, uh, the people who are building their careers, is the men are starting to really censor, self-censor um, and really not uh, want to touch certain topics because... They can't treat those topics um, like you know, sexual assault of women, mm-hmm. sexual harassment, things like that. They right. can't touch them in ways that are irreverent and funny anymore without getting backlash from certain portions of the audience or certain people within the industry. But um, female comics, female up-and-comers are actually using the current uh, sort of gendered political climate that's been generated by this Me Too stuff to use their platform behind the mic as a political platform rather than as a humor platform. So they're not poking fun so much as they're being mean. Right, and right. they're not getting laughs uh, so much as they're getting the audience standing up and cheering um, as if, you know, they're giving a political speech rather than doing a stand-up routine. So, I mean, these some of these jokes are just so, from these women are so like they're not funny um but they get people up out of their seats and applauding and cheering because you know you go girl and that's righteous and and all of this stuff and but i mean there's nothing funny about being righteous um you know or self-righteous or or whatever the the humor is in looking at the the foibles of the human experience right and and human uh, human nature and and poking fun at how people are just screw-ups at heart, right? Right. Um, and and making fun of it, uh, making light of it, not turning uh, a comedy routine into some kind of heavy political activist statement, right? Yeah, so I, I, I mean, it's not it's not funny what these women are doing, but 
somehow, you know, like anytime I watch Samantha B, I just want to stick my two fingers down my throat (laughs) and like vomit, okay? Because it's just not funny. It's just not funny. I mean, like it's it's snarky, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but but it's not funny. It doesn't make me laugh, and uh, you know, it, it it just you know, it's over the top highly politicized garbage that is being packaged as if it's comedy and it's not. No, I, I, isn't Samantha B? wasn't she another YouTube sensation? Isn't that where she came from? I, I'm not sure where she, she got her she start, came, but she was on the Daily Show. Yeah. yeah. With John yeah. Stewart, yeah. They she was one not of the, funny. Yeah, she was <laughs> one of the, you know, correspondents. Oh, she was? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah no, and some of the stuff that she did on that show was absolutely hilarious because the writers do the writing and she just uh-huh. acts it out and she has very good timing and very good delivery um when she has good writers behind her but you know like the writers on her show now are just you know we need to make a political point and and uh uh you know screw trump that's easy um, and it works yeah yeah they all yeah. they all ran out and did an apolo- apology thon they went to different parts of the country to apologize to everybody because of the way Donald Trump is being and how the who why would they apologize for what Donald Trump is doing? I had yeah. no idea. Did they vote what, for him? You know, honestly, honestly, at least Donald Trump has a sense of humor. Yeah, it seems like it. Seems like it. I, you know, well, I think he's nuts, yeah, but I think it, have, I think everybody's but nuts. But most so. people miss it because they're so angry yeah. at him that they don't they don't get yeah. that he's poking fun at people sometimes. He seems to have only a sense of humor. Sometimes, <laughs> just constantly you know, honestly, ma- making fun of everything. Oh, say what you will about Donald Trump, and I know people who are, you know, saying essentially he's playing 4D chess or he's playing yeah. 5D chess or, yeah, or whatever. I right. don't think so. I think he's just shooting from the hip, and and like uh, essentially, uh, he'll probably screw up in any number of ways, right? But I don't think he's going to screw up. So- I, I don't understand why people can't just wait it out and, until the next election and maybe yeah. maybe spend the time that you're you're wasting on trying to mm-hmm. impeach this guy. Spend it developing an actual platform that will get right. voters. Yeah, I mean, he's a year right. and a half in almost. He's only got two and a half years left to go. By the time you got him impeached, he's going to be out of office anyway. Yeah. So I, I just don't understand. You know, here's my concern, Karen, is that, the young comedians that are coming up now, what material material are they going to use? Because what they're hearing is not funny in the least. So how are we going to develop new young comedians? Uh, oh, we're not. We're not. We're going to, like, literally we have comedians who, or people who build themselves as comedians, objecting to the term soy boy, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, and... You know, and like it's like okay, so you're an effeminate guy who drinks soy lattes and eats lots of tofu, and your T levels are essentially the uh, you know below the average level of an 80 year old man, and you're in your 20s. <laughs> um, but you know, you're going to object to that, and you're going to object to this, and this is offensive, and that is offensive, and that hurt my feelings, and I need my safe space, and blah 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 blah. There's no room for comedy in in a world where where any anything that anybody says is going to be taken uh, as offensive by somebody, and where everybody is so thin-skinned that they cannot tolerate uh, being offended. Um, that one of one of the most hilarious things is this fragility of young people these days, um, where where they just nobody has a sense of humor, even you know, about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a sense of humor about myself. I call myself a dried up old hag. I call myself, you know, I tell people that I'm projecting lesbianism all over the place with my short hair and my comfortable shoes. Sure. Um, you know, like, I, I, I can laugh at myself, right? And the ridiculousness of myself. Um, I'm constantly telling people, you know, I'm, I'm lazy and, and uh, unorganized and don't ask me to be in charge of anything more complicated than a one-person trip to the toilet because I'll screw it up. Um, you know, but it's it's essentially like people don't have the ability to to look inside themselves and find anything absurd or or ridiculous about themselves funny. And I'm I'm sorry, but that's just like what an attitude to take out into the world. The world is what it is. 
And, and the world is full of things that might offend you. And if you're going to take offense at everything, how happy a life are you going to have? Well, that's exactly you're be it. miserable all the time. Now, we would have never had Lenny Bruce had he come along in this day and age. He, he would, it would have never happened. Well, he, no. he got arrested no. the way it neither was. Would, neither would George Carlin. No. Um, no, you're you right. Know, and, Richard Pryor, you know, probably not. Yep, almost certainly not. Eddie Murphy. Eddie yeah. Murphy and his commentary on divorce and how, you know, women, even, you know, he could go out and find some zebra-riding woman with a bone in her nose from Africa. The moment he gets her to uh, to America and she starts talking with other women, she's like, Eddie, I want half. I want a divorce. And I get half. <laughs> you See, know, and, uh, and it's, it, it's hilarious, you know, because it's irreverent. and right. it. it Really, it kind of pokes at something that's sort of true sometimes, or true enough. Um, but it does it in a way that just makes light of it. And right now, I mean, like, you look at, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with um, Count Dankula and the Nazi yep. pug. That's the pug that um, he but, taught to do this. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, and, and he's, you know, like, I, I'm glad he's appealing, because even though he's avoided jail time, he's avoided prison time, um, he's being fined 800 pounds, and he was found guilty of being grossly offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, th- this is, and arguably the entirety of his video was arguably poking fun at Nazis. And one of the most hilarious things about this entire case teaches his dog to do the Nazi salute. Well, there was a guy in Norway in, like, the late 1930s or early 1940s during the Nazi occupation who taught his dog to do the Nazi salute. He hated Nazis so much, he taught his dog to do the Nazi salute, to mock them. And the Nazis tried to prosecute him for that. <laughs> <laughs> he can't win. It's just a bad salute all around, I guess. Yeah, it, it sounds to me like those sort of issues are, are a bit like uh, heresy laws. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Thought laws. I mean, you can't, that's something that's, that's a slippery, slippery slope. Oh, yeah. There are never, there are some things you are never allowed to joke about. Sexual assault is one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Nazis and the Holocaust are another. Um, there's this, uh, Muslims and jihad. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Oh, God. Um, you know, you're, you're not allowed to joke about any of these things or speak out of turn about them or uh, uh, publicly give the wrong opinion of, of them. Um, so it's just very, very. Uh, like I, I don't know how comedy can even exist in this environment. Karen, you have to come back and talk to us more. It's been a wonderful conversation. Oh, thank you so much for having me, and uh, and I'm happy to come back again anytime you guys like. Thank you very much, Karen. That'll do it for today's show. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Tom Bernard Show. <laughs>